because I will tell you that in my my opinion, my ability to trust somebody is so much more important than whatever skills they bring to the table. Hey everybody, this is BJ Murphy and uh, this is Drew Dacey and she is a freshman at High Point University in what town is that in? High Point, North Carolina. Uh, and she's from Kinston, has actually written, written a uh, – you, you wrote like a guest column one time for yeah. an assignment. Um, it was – I had to put it on a resume yesterday. It was Jesse Dawson, <laughs> the woman behind the espresso. That's right, and that was for, for Middle Grounds. Yes. So today's podcast and video is really not about me leading this discussion. The whole reason why we're even here is because uh, Drew has an assignment at school to interview somebody, and she asked to interview me. I said, hey, that's kind of cool. Would you mind if we, like – videoed it too so here we are here we are so yeah my professor I'm a media fellow and what that means is that I um, I have to take special classes Mm -hmm. extra classes (laughs) they Uh do the same thing for ECU honor stuff like that Um, and one of my classes is a colloquium class and I have to um, like right now tonight I have to turn in a LinkedIn profile resume cover letter it's basically just like a student success class right and he wants us to he wanted us to do an interview with someone in the field that we want to pursue that's that's neat and so you mentioned linkedin that's interesting because i just had a former intern parker mitchell on and we did actually the reason why we did a podcast had more to do with i was setting it up what you're seeing right now uh i was setting it up and i said parker come here and test this out with me real quick and next thing i know we get into a discussion uh, about his use of social media on a daily basis and then uh, when I posted it to my LinkedIn profile, one of my friends commented and said, said really interesting insight, loved it. Then he says, hey, does he even have a LinkedIn profile? And Parker happened to be in the office, and I said, Parker, do you have a LinkedIn profile? He said, what's that? Yeah. And so what what I've noticed, because I do a lot with East Carolina University, I serve on a, a, um, an advisory council for the school of um, the College of Management, the College Business School of Management there. And what I've noticed is that a lot of uh, college students, it is part of the requirement there to, to get on LinkedIn because you've got to start making that transition. So I'm glad to hear your professor is making you do that. Oh, yeah. He's, he wants it all a certain way, and but he showed us how to do it, and so it's, it's quite cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing how many people are on LinkedIn right. and how you can use that to mm-hmm. benefit you. Right. Um, yeah. Um, we, I just have some questions for you. Sure. Basically about – I have no idea them. what these questions are either <laughs> or, or the topic. They're not too difficult. Um, very basic. So my first question that I have is, um, before you got into this field, mm-hmm. what did you do? So I served as mayor for eight years, but that was, although it was a full-time responsibility, it was still a part-time job, yes. right? Um, and, and so I was constantly on call, a bunch of meetings and stuff. But but that is how a large portion of the public knows me, because I was a very public figure in, in that sense in Kinston. Uh, but my, my background really is in B2B sales. And B2B is basically is B, the number two B. It means business to business. Uh, you can also be in B2C, like Target is a business selling to consumers. Uh, so I was in B2B sales, meaning I was, say you're a business owner, I would approach you, hey, uh, Ms. Stacy, uh, I'm BJ Murphy. I work with the company I was with. It was called Legal Shield, And we did employee benefits dealing with identity theft and uh, like a legal plan. Okay. 
Uh, so basically the whole idea was that most people don't have their wheels. Most people don't have somebody on call if they get in an, not just an accident, but if life happens, you know, landlord, you know, was, uh, wouldn't give them back a deposit mm-hmm. to, they had a dispute with a neighbor to had an issue at school. And so we were basically a national legal plan okay. and uh, it was, it was really cool. I love the company still have my membership yeah. and uh, identity theft was something really neat. But because of all that, I used to teach people how to cold call business owners. And that was kind of my little thing. And before that, I ran a restaurant uh, with my, uh, at the time, future mother-in-law and her business partner. And before, and right after that, I was, um, I was uh, the downtown developer. So I kind of went from college student to running a restaurant to managing downtown to in sales and somewhere along the lines I decided to jump into politics. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere that that happened. Right. And so the transition to this business was kind of natural because of what I did uh, in in public role. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of being in the public eye is media. Right. And also sales. Right. (laughs) It was a a natural fit uh, given what you just said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Um, So looking at all that and everything that you did before you got into this field, was there anything that you, like, if you could go back and change anything? Mm Mm-hmm. Would you do that? You know, I, I I would say that if I if I could change anything, it would have probably been to be a little bit more self aware as to what my true skill sets were, mm-hmm. and to, to instead of spending time trying to get better at things I wasn't really good at or or didn't really care about, yeah. to, to really focus more on the things that I loved and I was passionate about. To my own fault. I loved serving my community, mm-hmm. so which great for the community because they benefited from it uh, as a whole, but awful for my business, yeah. right? And so that was a part of the thing that changed how I ultimately decided to move my career from B2B sales in the sense of going and selling legal identity theft plans mm-hmm. to uh, helping businesses with how they handle social media. Um, so, but I, I would say that I would I would have gone all in on my strengths a lot faster. What was I really good at? I was good at uh, fun things like this. I just didn't realize it then. Yeah. I, I wasn't you like, thought, oh, that's just a fun thing. That's not something to actually make a make a business. Right, yeah. and and so I just it was just part of who I was, and I didn't realize that it could be something that could be a business for me. And uh, but I would make every single mistake all over again yeah. from running for mayor at 25 and losing to running uh, as a two-term incumbent and losing you know so I, I would do all of it all over again because I really believe that all those mistakes and successes along the way really helped define the fact that you and I are sitting here right now yes. right there's a chance if I hadn't gotten in politics there's a good chance I might not have met you yeah right because your family was involved right I met you yeah that's so true mm-hmm um, and so, speaking on that, how did you get here? Yeah, it's, it's really neat. Um, so, you lived in East North Carolina. You were affected by, you were personally affected by Hurricane Matthew. Yeah. And so, so was a vast majority of Eastern North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I was in a leadership role. When the hurricane came through, it took a left turn that really wasn't anticipated. Mm-hmm. 
it really changed how much rain uh, Eastern North Carolina got. It changed how much rain even Goldsboro, Smithfield, and Raleigh got. And the more rain the folks west of us received, the the more was going to come down the river, you know, flooding out, going out to the oceans. And so what happened overnight, we had a, tor- a torrential downpour and uh, a lot of flash flooding. People's lives were turned upside down. N- neighborhoods were wiped out. And as a public leader, somebody in, in, engaged in the forefront of what's happening, my job was to communicate what was happening, relay information to the people, relay information to the government officials, and try to make sure everybody's working on the same page. And you're talking about a crisis. And so with that, um, for at least two weeks, if the CEO of my company had called, I wouldn't have returned his call. Yeah. And it just didn't matter what he wanted uh, in Oklahoma. You know, it just it, it didn't matter yeah. what needed to happen. What was what was happening? But in terms of my income, being a commission only salesperson, my income tanked for about two months. And the reason is I had nobody to call on. Yeah. All the businesses were struggling with the same thing we were doing with. And so I realized at that moment during that time, that November of, what was that, 2016, because it was, it was October was when it landed. So all of November, I tried to get back in the swing of things, and I just took, the, I took that month and just said, I got to think through this. I got to do something different. Um, I read a book called Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk, who I highly recommend if if you're in business or sales or marketing and i i have to i have to kind of censor his filter his language but that's okay i mean i I get it and here we are it was i went all in on my strengths yeah i understand social media i kind of get some of the psychology behind it Mm -hmm. i love marketing and i love like gadgets and technology yeah Mm -hmm. and that's really if you can add all that together i think it works pretty well Mm -hmm. so that's really awesome um it does feel weird yeah. that I, I'm not the one leading the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, I'm the one asking the questions and then feeding off that. Here it is. I you're interviewing me. Weird. <laughs> yeah. I was like, when he asked us to do this time, I said, "That's weird." Mm-hmm. I said, "That's just weird." But you got to do it. Yeah, you got to mm-hmm. do it. And um, so that so you found yourself here. You focus on your strengths, right? And um, how were you able to put this physically together? Like, who was part of that process? Right. Um, what steps, like, what did you learn along the way, and what could you have maybe done differently? So, you know, one thing that I've learned over the years is that you're a combination of the five people you hang around the most. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's your parents or your spouse or uh, you know, a friend, a business colleague, a coworker, it, 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 it doesn't really matter. So when you think about your health, your spirituality, your financial fitness, your um uh, your your thoughts and philosophies on life and and the afterlife, right? Yeah. You, you know, all of those, if you look at the people you hang around the most, you really kind of are a combination of those. So when it came down to, I was going through this, hey, what am I going to do next? I called several of my friends. Uh, um, um, besides speaking to my wife, uh, uh, some of them were a um, guy named Brandon, by the name of Brandon Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a couple years younger than I am, but has... I made a, a good name for himself in business, uh, honorable guy, very smart. And I called him and said, hey, I've, I've got this idea. 
And I think we're going to make a T-shirt. <laughs> it's like BJ saying, I got this idea. And in the back, it's going to be somebody doing an eye roll or something. <laughs> That's like you. That's you. <laughs> yes. I got an idea. <laughs> I, I, you should see the guys. Like the, the guy who helped me put all this live stream stuff together, mm-hmm. You know, he's a tech guy and he loves solving problems. I'm like, Travis. I got an idea, and he just he's like, like I have all the I have all the ideas. <laughs> right, and uh, so the other one was Brian Hanks, and the reason why Brian's because Brian and I got to know each other. He worked with the local paper, and this was before News News was ever envisioned. Ever, ever but ever but it was the time where the f- seeds of that conversation happened, and I mean I talked to some other friends, Chris Decker. Um, and, and even, even my business colleagues that I was working with and fully knowing that there was a chance I was leaving the company, yeah. uh, just being really honest with people. And it was like, okay, what am I really good at? I read this book and I started going, okay, what, what I love, what am I good at? What value do I bring to the market? Mm-hmm. How can I help people? I really believe you're very successful um, if, if you're happy in life and that you help as many people as you can. Yeah. Now, in business, typically that means you're making a lot of money, right? Uh, in um, in service, that means you're serving a lot of people, yeah. right? So, so that's kind of how I define success is helping as many people as you possibly can. And uh, so the idea sprung up of most small business owners have no idea what they're doing with social media. They get that you, you're doing this interview off a of phone. Yeah. But they don't really understand the true power behind it. They might even post their own puppies and babies and grandkids, pictures on it, graduations. But they don't really understand its application yeah. for business. And you're just bridging this gap between – and you have all these young interns mm-hmm. that understand this. Like mm-hmm. I have for so long marketed myself in a certain way on social media. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of – like I understood that just because I was the age I was when I grew up. But there's so many young adults even like – 30s mm-hmm. that don't get that. They're right. still posting awkward pictures of their dog. Right. And it's like, that's cute. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> right. And and so for most people, it is just a, a place to throw silly stuff. Mm-hmm. But but if you're a business owner, and specifically small business owners, you, I don't care if you're serving someone who's in their 60s or somebody who's in their, their, their teens. Mm-hmm. You need to have a presence on social media, and I'm going to tell you to do at least Facebook and Instagram, and then I'm going to encourage you to have a LinkedIn profile. I'm going to encourage you at a minimum to have a Twitter profile, not necessarily because you want to do a lot of business transaction there, but it's a good place to listen to what's happening in the market. You can follow certain hashtags and just just kind of flip through and read, understand what's going on, and then look and apply. There's so many different tools available to you, but most small businesses, they just don't know what they're doing. And it... it it's not their fault. No. They haven't adapted. So, yes, the part of the reason why we did an internship program this past summer was I'm going, okay, this is kind of cool. That camera is kind of neat. The setup, you know, this is another studio here. And I was going, but if I die today, who's going to run it? Mm-hmm. If if I get sick, who's going to do the Friday night football game? Yeah. Get, this is a Friday, so we're recording this on Friday. Tonight, we are going to be live streaming, video live streaming on Facebook, a football, high school football game. How cool is that? With two announcers, you know, we're not just filming the game, and we have two guys, mm-hmm. both 120, 119 years old, calling this game. The whole idea of the internship program was I've got to train up the market. So, what are you, 18, 19? 18. Okay. So, a lot of 16, 17, 18 year olds 
know how to use Snapchat. Mm-hmm. They know how to take selfies. Mm-hmm. They know how to find the right filter on Instagram. But do they know how to speak as a business on social media? And that was the reason we started the internship program is I need to train the market to learn how to take those raw skills that you've grown up with. You've grown up in the age of the internet, yes. right? It w- really wasn't a big deal till I was in middle school and high school. Yeah. But you grew up with it, mm-hmm. so you understand you, you've lived on this device, mm-hmm. whereas I've got to now train you how to speak like a business owner and represent you know, a brand yeah. like News News. It's like going to English class. You have to get better at your language. Right. Yeah, it is. You're, you're sharpening some skills. Mm-hmm. And that's why I saw is that maybe I'm in a really cool position to uh, help the market by training some kids, possibly help our business long run. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Uh, although of the five interns this past summer, two of them are still working with us. Yeah. It's kind of cool. That is cool. Mm-hmm. cool. All right. What other questions you got? Hey, um, I have. Do, 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 do. I'm going to make that a, a, a ringtone. That's my, I don't know what to say. Uh-huh. What skills and attributes do you think you need to do this job? Well, in, in my, so Alita, who you saw kind of behind the scenes a while ago doing an Instagram store or something, that's probably, she probably tagged us on something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, my role is different than hers. So y- you always need a number one, someone who's pushing and plowing, mm-hmm. but it's really good to have a really awesome number two and she is that awesome number two Um, so what skills you need to do mine is to be an entrepreneur you you got to have uh, you got to have some vision Mm -hmm. you know i see a need i think i can feel it right see a need in the market think i can feel it right so at first it was match my media it was i see small business owners not really grasping social media or maybe i can put my use my skills to use in a consulting format and then it was, hey, our local news isn't the same as it used to be. Local newspapers are shrinking drastically, 10 15% a year, losing subscription rates. Uh, a USA Today may even stop their their print publication in a little while. And, and so seeing that need in the market, I'm going, okay, well, how do I take these same skills, the social media skills, and apply them to uh, the news business? Um, so having a little bit of vision, being a risk taker, because – I mean, I probably write 15 or so payroll checks at the end of the month. And, I mean, that means I've got to find ways to generate enough revenue so that when someone sends me an invoice, I can pay it. Yeah. Right? And so being being willing to take risk is, is something. Uh, being, being able to adapt to the market. Mm-hmm. The thought that – I mean, this is silly, but the thought that I'd be wearing a hoodie doing a podcast in my own studio – Three years ago, just not even, not even <laughs> bizarre, right? A weird thought. <laughs> but because I, I, I've been able to adapt my personality and what I love to do, going, hey, it, I, it is kind of cool to wear a hoodie to work and do a podcast with an, an eighteen-year-old. Yeah. I mean, I just think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, being able to adapt. So I would say vision, uh, risk taking, uh, the ability to adapt. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and but for number two, yeah, like Aletha, you saw, she has to take help take all these crazy ideas I, I get and kind of help me channel it mm-hmm. uh take on you know and I'm, hr is something i do as well you know i've, I've got in, in some of my I've, I've got some employees some contractors keeping everybody on the same page 
and she helps me with that. I do a lot of that too. Um, helping with some of the, the daily admin stuff that has to happen. Yeah. So while we're doing this podcast, you saw her behind the scenes, but now she's gone and she's working on some of our social media clients right yeah. now. So having somebody who has understands what the needs of the business are and just working through. Just, we'll yeah. So everybody has a role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what kind of, um, you may have kind of answered this a little bit already, but what kind of employee are you looking for? Like, let's say someone comes to you. Let's say I come to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, You're hired. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, let's say you really didn't know me that well, and you were looking at my resume, and I was fresh out of college, and I moved back home because I didn't know what to do. And I saw this company. What would you want from me? I, I think I, what I would need is to get a really good grasp of that you have a basic understanding of whether that is journalism, which is something I know you're passionate about, uh, whether that is marketing, whether that is um, uh, social media. Because, I mean, if you really dive down, there's so many different facets of social media. Just understanding marketing isn't enough. Understanding social media is a totally different game, too. Um, if you got a, uh, if you have a track record of sales, that's important. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give you the most important one, and it has nothing to do with all those other ones. I need, I need to get a, a really good sense that I can trust you. Mm-hmm. Because I will tell you that in my, my opinion – my ability to trust somebody is so much more important than whatever skills they bring to the table. So I know that's not something that's easy to put on a resume, but it is something that between checking references and sitting down with somebody uh, at least once, maybe a couple of times, Mm -hmm. you you can kind of get a sense of whether or not they're trying to BS you. And it's it's real evident. um, You know what? I mean, you're growing up in an age where – Y'all have had social media profiles for a while. It is nothing for a potential employer to go back and look. Yeah. And it's really easy to kind of discern by looking at some of that, uh, whether or not they're really fake, mm-hmm. they're authentic, whether they're somebody that could fit into the culture mm-hmm. that you're trying to build, add value to the culture. Yeah. But trust is absolutely hands down the number one thing I'm looking for. Can I trust you? Yeah. Because I can teach you skill. You might love journalism, but I put you on camera today. Yeah. Right? You could teach me how to do this. Right. How to wire it and everything. Based on the fundamental skills you've already learned about journalism, the idea of getting you in front of the camera is would, would become very simple. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. So trust. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust is greater than that skill. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like if someone comes to you and is like, oh, yeah, I know how to do that, mm-hmm. but they really don't. If, you were, if they were just honest and said, no, I, I would need you to teach me how to do that. It, it wouldn't take long to figure that out. Mm-hmm. I know somebody who moved from out of state to come to our county to take a really big job just about a month ago. Within 10 days, the person is gone, not because of their choosing. And and, and when I think about that, I'm going, okay, either this guy uh, beefed up his resume or is really good at an interview and just really BS his way through that, or the people and, – and I don't know if it was one person or a group of people – or, or they really lack discernment yeah. in, in seeing some of the, the, the warning signs part of the process. But the truth is, it's really easy to hire somebody. It's really hard to fire somebody. Yeah. Because you get so attached. You, mm-hmm. you're like, you spend, the person that I like in my community. I want them there. Right. Yeah. Uh, How has your life changed since you started working in media? Wow. Um, 
question. Yeah, uh, interesting question too. Um, you know, my my you, my life at home isn't that much different. Mm-hmm. You, you know, my my wife works; she's a teacher. Uh, my kids go to school. I still take them to school in the morning. Uh, she does most of the afternoon stuff, like you know, dance or cheer, and then. You know, we eat dinner around the table three, four times a week, and then the other three, four times we're probably out somewhere with a friend or two. And, you know, so my my family life hasn't changed much at all. Whether I was serving the public or in a different role in business, I've never missed the big moments, mm-hmm. right? I've always my, – my family comes first. Um, but I have a responsibility to my family, and so that means I work a lot. So – so yes, the family dynamics may be the same, but as an entrepreneur, it's nothing for me to be in the bed at ten o'clock at night for an hour, hour and a half with my laptop, mm-hmm. right? It, I mean, it, I, and think nothing of it, yeah. or with my phone, Put in the work. right? Or with my phone doing it. So, and part of that is the responsibilities. I've got a lot of people doing a lot of little things, and so I'm keeping up with everybody. But in terms of my day to day, in the business sense, you know, I'm at, I'm at the office, um, you know, seven forty five to eight fifteen every morning, and I, I'm typically the last one that leaves. You know, um, you know, sometimes I have to leave early for a football game for the kids or whatnot. But I'm usually out of the office six or seven, and then you know, spend some time with the family, and then it's nothing for me to to work for another hour or so, yeah. and it's nothing for me to wake up at five thirty and work for forty five minutes then as well. So I work a lot, but I. I I don't know if you call it good work life balance, but it's it's kind of <laughs> work. It's the beginning, like you started a business, like mm-hmm. you have to put in that work, mm-hmm. and so it changes. But it's also it probably doesn't feel that much like. Work. No, it doesn't because I love Mondays. Mm-hmm. Most people dread Monday morning. It's like Sunday afternoon comes. They watch a little football. They eat some of the cool dip, and then they go. Oh gosh, yeah, so yeah. Monday's coming. I hate when Monday's coming, and I'm going, man. I can't wait to get in office because I've got all these things I've been thinking about, or chewing on, reading about, studying, or working on. And I go Monday morning. I'm knocking a lot of it out, and so my most productive time throughout the entire week is a Monday morning. I knock so much stuff out, and I have a lot of fun doing it. I don't dread working. I love it, mm-hmm. and I would tell people all the time that I don't care if you uh, dig a ditch for a living or if you're an entrepreneur or the ceo of a fortune 500 company if you're not happy stop if you're happy find ways to do it more Mm -hmm. find ways to make a living find ways to help other people with it um so my day-to-day stuff doesn't really change i'm i've always been very very flexible in my schedule Mm -hmm. but i put in a lot of work and um I, i will tell you this kind of as we wrap up even though I'm leading the charge, both in the, the management media or in our live streaming and our social media consulting that we do, as well as in the news business, I'm leading the charge. Um, I can never expect anybody, Aletha or any other team members, to work as hard or care as much as I do. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of business owners make a huge mistake in thinking that everybody there should care as much about the mission as you do. They might care about the mission that maybe may part of the why they want to work there, mm-hmm. but nobody's going to work as hard or care as much as I do. And the day that changes, the business is dead. Yeah. Right? I've got to drive it mm-hmm. and that, let that feed throughout. Right. 
That's awesome. Thank you. Is that it? Yes, that's it. That was wonderful. I learned a lot about you, a lot about this business. Okay. So I think that's what he wanted. Any shout outs for High Point while you're here? Doug Hall. All right, there, there it is. Uh, all right, so uh, Drew Dacey, uh, BJ Murphy, thank you all for watching and for listening. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening to the BJ Murphy 360 podcast. Be sure to connect on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with at BJ Murphy 360 and visit them online at magicmilemedia.com. Until the next episode, here's to your success.